0: Okay, we are learning Da'af uh, Pe Aleph, and we're starting from a few lines down, Pe Aleph from an Aleph, uh, five lines down, where it says, Shochu Mitah. And just to remember what we're coming off of, we're coming off of an analysis of Herb Yossi's view on whether or not a woman would be afflicted if she doesn't bathe, because we learned in the Mishnah uh, that a husband can be made for only Nidarum of inoi nefesh that his wife makes. And we learned in the Gemara also, two categories, something that she's afflicted by or something that affects their interpersonal relationship between husband and wife. So with the, in the Rabbanim we're saying that a woman who's saying that she's not going to bathe, so she'll be afflicted. Whereas Rabbi holds that a woman is not, is not, uh, is not afflicted um, by not bathing. And we saw that even if it's just for one day, like there's some of the examples of stipulations in the... In the uh, and the Nedda that she makes, I won't bathe for, if I don't, if, if, if I bathe for today, then I won't bathe forever. Even there, the Rabbana says she's in a state of inoid nefesh right now because even not bathing for a day means she is afflicted. And again, Rabiosi disagrees with all that. So uh, what we happened was is that the Gemara had a problem in Rabiosi because we see that Rabiosi considers laundering of one's clothes so important that they have water for themselves. They're allowed, and, and it's a question of sharing extra water that they have for laundering versus giving it to somebody else to drink to save their life, Arbiosi actually says they have the right to keep it for themselves for their own laundering. It seems that there's this like, intense necessity for, 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 for water for one's clothes. So if Rabiosi considers it so important to wash one's clothes, shouldn't he certainly consider it so important to wash one's body? And the Gemara answers is that no, there's actually no connection. We're not washing one's body, these boils, sores, all curable sort of things. So the person is not necessarily defined as being afflicted if they do not bathe. However, in contrast, when you deal with not laundering, not laundering brings a person to an intense uh, mental illness and the mental illness is considered uh, beyond, uh, obviously the suffering, and beyond what's what's expected. That a person should give up on on their, on their water to maintain their their, their their mental health and have to give it to somebody else. So therefore, it was not a contradiction. Should not the Gemara is going to talk more more advice coming in from Eretz Yisrael here about the matter? Sholcho They sent from there, there. from means from Eretz Yisrael. Hizaru ba A Person should be very careful in general with uh, with being clean. Abu means not being clean. A person should be careful against that. A person should always, another thing that a person should be careful with is the group. What does that mean, the group? The Rahan says that it's a reference to studying Torah in a group. It's important that a person not study alone. Study with other people, it sharpens your mind. And also, A person should be careful with the sons of the poor people. Meaning, don't underestimate them. They might be the future Tamudi Chachamim. And even though they come from poor families and you don't think that they're distinguished or the best minds or whatever it is, Actually, one should be the most careful with the sons of the poor. Why? Shamaham Tate Actually, Torah comes from the children of the poor. They're going to be the ones who are most successful. <laughs> the Rana actually tells us. I often, often think about this, you know, why it is, you know, we speak about you read the sadar So it's like, you know, you compare us to our great-grandparents in Europe, great-great-grandparents. It's like they didn't have anything else going on. They were poor. They didn't have any opportunity. There was no distraction. Okay, of course, they, you know, they were going to be able to learn a lot. So the Rana actually kind of compares this Indian here in the Kamar. He says, so the sons of the poor, they, they have no distraction. It's like, of course they're, of course they're going to be able to to, to be able to learn more and be more into it. Other people, they don't have that opportunity. It's like the disadvantage becomes the advantage. Shenemah, where do we see this concept that from the humility of the poor people is where Torah comes from. Shinemar, Yizal Mayim, Midolyov. It says, water flows, yo. So Pashub Shad means from his wells, but you can also mean Midolov, like Dal, it means a poor person. So Torah is going to come, the water will flow, Water, is Torah, the water is going to flow from the poor. Says the Gemara, fascinating question here. Why is it that it's not common for Tam Chacham to have a son who is a Tam Chacham? <coughs> says the Gemara is simply making an observation. If we observe, you take the stats, you take where it looks at, most of the Tam they are not sons of Talmud Now the Gemara does not mean it's impossible, of course, we know it's, you know, think about something like the House of Rashi, i right? have five generations in a row of giants of Talmud HaKhamim. But the Gemara means that it's not Matsui, it's not, it's not the most common. Amar if Yosef, there are reasons, and it seems like it's like Al-Piyash from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu orchestrates that it shouldn't be that way. Yom Ru We don't want people to say the Torah is an inheritance to them. So therefore, Hashem is is mashkiach, that for it to be uncommon for it to happen, so that people will not uh, (coughs) assume it to be, you know, oh, I grew up in a house of Torah, and obviously I'm going to be be the Tamachach. That would be the pshat. a person shouldn't assume it's coming to them. Another pshat that the Rosh says is that we don't want the Torah to feel um, exclusive to other people. It's, It's a different way of spinning the Gemara. It's not that we don't, not so much for the sons of the Torah, but for the opposite, for the world, for the world at large. We don't want the world at large to be saying that the Torah is the Yerusha for the sons of the Torah. We want the Torah to feel open to everybody. Uh, we don't want them to be good on the We don't want them to be good on the Tzibor. What does that mean? They're dominating, right? They have too much power, too much control. So if all the Torah, all the knowledge was within only a few select individual families, so then you know those people would, would lord over the people, and that's not healthy. So it's pretty much, you know, Ms. Gaber more, more or less is saying the same point, but it, it, what it is is saying is that it's a punishment for what they already do, meaning to say, it's not that they don't have kids because if they did, the kids would be strong over the Tzibor, it's that because some of the Tzibor are anyways too arrogant and strong over the Tzibor, therefore they are, <coughs> excuse me, therefore they are punished. And their children are not that way. That's the idea. That's the only discrepancy we hear between the two opinions. One is saying that we don't want to cause them to be strong. The, the other opinion is saying they're already strong. The and therefore it's a punishment that their children are not that way. A very similar thing. They call people donkeys, meaning they don't, you know, only certain families have uh, the Torah knowledge and they're totally disrespecting to other people. If you know Amar. They take it for granted. The idea of taking it for granted is that they don't show respect to the Torah. And the way that they don't show respect to the Torah is that they don't make the paracha on learning first. You know, in other words, the paracha Torah that we have, they don't make the bracha on the Torah before they learn. And again, the ron learns that it's like, you know, what, what what exactly is that? Well, why would a person, you know, what's this great Yetzirah not to say paracha Torah? And the answer is that basically it's, it's just a manifestation of a lot, that they don't respect the Torah. They take it, they take it for granted. So this Pasuk is written, Pasuk in Yermia when Yirmiya is telling us about the, the Beis HaMikdash, that it's going to be destroyed. So it seems that the people are like, you know, surprised. They're like, well, why is the of HaMikdash going to be destroyed? So the Pasuk says, isha, chacham, Who is the wise man who can understand this? So what's the Pasuk talking about? This issue, why is it that we're being kicked out of Eretz They asked the Chachamim, they asked the Prophets, for nobody was able to explain it. It was like this deep mystery. Why is the base being destroyed? Until Baruch Hu himself had to give the answer. No one was able to understand that. What was Hashem's answer? It's because you have abandoned my Torah. So the Pasuk says you have abandoned, abandoned the Torah and also says that you didn't follow it. Not listening to Hashem's voice is the same as not following the Torah. They're the same thing. So what exactly is the Pasuk referring to? At this point, they didn't make the Baruch of the Torah. So basically what we're saying is that we see over here the severity of what it means not to make the on the Torah. And that's why the Beit was destroyed. And that's why here we're going back and saying that uh, that the that, 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 that children of Tabitha Chachamim aren't of the Torah tequila because they take it for granted. They don't see it as something so special. It's just what life is to them. And that's why it ends up that they don't become Tabitha Chachamim themselves. So a few points here. Number one is the Indian making a siyam during the nine days isn't a trick, right? When you make a siyam during the nine days, oh, it's a trick. You get a shudas or, you're allowed to eat meat. But it also comes all for full circle because we see here in the Gemara that the reason why the base of Midrash was destroyed is because they didn't respect Torah Tchilah. They didn't respect Torah So it's the same thing. Why would a person put in so much work, finish something, and then not make a siyam? The answer is they don't really respect their work that much. You don't respect it, you don't celebrate properly. Something you truly respect, you, you celebrate, and it's accomplishment. So if someone is making a siyam, the, 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 the idea is that it's a tikkun, actually, for the Khorban. The Khorban comes about because in B'varek Matar a lack of respect for the accomplishment, for the, the, the value of studying Torah, and then the tikkun for that would be a siem. Another point. It's very hard to understand why they were so shaken up and unable to understand why the base message was being destroyed, and we had to say in B'fark Matar tchilah. the Gemara Yuma tells us that the Gimel were like were spread throughout Eretz Yisrael during this time. <coughs> <laughs> so what does that mean that they couldn't understand it? And moreover, it's a Steer in the Gemara. Like, how, how could you say it's name Torah if It's also the like, Gimel chamurs. So the Leva Liyo Rav Eliyapian the Gemashkiach, he explained as follows: that of course it was the sins, and it's not the sin of not making the Varkamat which destroyed the Bais It's not that. But what they didn't understand is that they somehow were sinning despite the fact that they learned a lot of Torah. So what they were what they were shaken up about is. How could it be that we're people who learn so much Torah and the Torah doesn't connect to us? Meaning that's the question. The question is, how does the Torah not protect us from doing all these things? How can I be a person who learns so much Torah and that, you know, still is doing all that Avodah Zarah? How does that work? And the answer was, and this was the secret, that they said, I'ma Torah that they weren't valuing, they weren't respecting the Torah while they were doing it. Yes, Torah is making, Torah protects, Torah connects, to Baruch Hu, Torah does amazing things for a person. But it's all when you value it and respect it. And that's manifest in the bracha. If a person does it casually, then you could do a lot of Torah. But if it's if it's just a casual experience, then it won't necessarily protect them. I think it always goes nice. There's a big var from Reb Shach. i will close with this. We'll go used to say on this gemara the following thought. He says that they, it says they asked, they asked. You know, everybody. No one could give the answer. Why does the gemara make such a big point of saying that? Reb says <coughs> at the point here in the gemara is that is that sometimes the answer is inside of you. You know, people are very quick to run to the Chachamim, to Nevi'im, you know, and, and his point is that there are certain things where they're utterly simple, utterly true, and utterly honest. And there are certain things that those things just have to come from within. <laughs> the Eid comes along and says, that's a person's Anechi, that's your Atsmias, you know, you know what it is. If you put that thought together with what we're saying, it's really beautiful, right? No, no, no Chacham, no Navi is going to be able to tell you that the reason why your Torah isn't, isn't working is because, you know, you don't really care about the Torah. Who knows whether you care about the Torah? Who knows what your real feelings are inside? That's you. So that's, that's really the answer. They asked everybody. You can look for everything. How come the Torah is not working? Think about it. Be honest about it. And then, and then you get the answers. That's some very sharp musr here today. Very early in the morning for all this Musr. But that's what Rebellia Piyan, Rebsach, uh, different ideas of In Bavarchim Bat Torah Tchilam. All right, here we go. Says the Gemara, Isibar Yudalamun said There was someone named Isibar Yehuda who didn't come to Rabbiosi's yeshiva for three days. Rabbiosi had a yeshiva and Isibar Yehuda didn't show up. Ashrache Vardimus per Rabbiosi. Vardimus, who is the son of Rabbiosi, meets him. He said, My time of the last three days. How come he didn't show up the last three days? I've been very disturbed by something that your father has taught. Your father has been teaching that. uh, <laughs> that, that, that laundering one's clothing is so important that it has precedence over saving someone else's life with the water. I, I'm very disturbed by this concept, he says. So I'm not showing up in the basement. So, so why don't, why don't, you know, why don't we just figure it out? Why don't you just tell me what is bothering you? And maybe I know the reason. So, Amalei, he told him this issue how the time of the price review saw some code in the that one's laundering has precedence over the lives of other people. So Where do we see a Pasuk in the Torah supporting that? Amale, Vardima told him, We're talking about the cities of Levium. So, the cities of Levium were given like a city for the Levium to live. And then was, the Pasuk talking about how there was open space. <coughs> that surrounded the city of Levim. The open space should be for their animals. It says for their wealth. The Apostolic says, So what is that open space? If you tell me it means a wild animal. Wild animals are included in animal. In other words, behemah, although it means a domestic animal, it does, but it also means a general animal. There's a, there's a principle in language that a chay is behemah. So if the Pasuk says that the open space is for the behemos, it's self-understood that the wild animals are included in that. So we, the puzzle doesn't have to emphasize the chayas. Elamay chayas, maybe you'll tell me it means they're living. Meaning, however a person lives, whatever you're gonna use this space for. So pshita, that's obvious, the Pasuk doesn't have to say that. Obviously open space is for the living, whatever they're gonna do there. Well, what's the Pasuk saying that the open space around the city of Leviim is for their life? la chayas, what the Torah is coming to say is that they were gonna use it for laundering. And just to understand this a little bit better be sure to explain, That in the open spaces there were sources of water. That's the point. There were water sources like springs and whatnot And it's saying that they're going to water their animals and their living needs and do their laundering there with that water That's what it's saying and the pasach is coming to tell you that that's called life Why is the pasach referring to laundering as life? It's coming to tell you There's going to be this intense suffering as we mentioned the mental health of a person that comes from keeping clean and that's what what the purpose of laundering can achieve and that's called life. And the pasuk therefore, is a source that your water for your own laundering has, has precedence over um, <coughs> as precedence over, giving the water to somebody else to drink. I just mentioned, because it's right here, the name of Herbiosi's son is pretty wild. It's a pretty wild name because it doesn't sound Jewish. Vardimos, right? Clearly, that's not a Jewish name. That's some Greek Rome influence, right? No question. So, our the Tshuva of Mamash from this week's parsha. We got on the tribe because we kept the Jewish names. He brings many proofs that there's no Isser in our times to name a Jew, a Jew something with a non Jewish name. He brings a proof from Argomar. That's all I was last night. I was looking this up. He brings a right from the Darun Pe Aleph, from Argomar, from Vardimus. Ramashiach, he said, we know where Ramashiach is. says, it's where Yeshiva should spit on it. Ramashiach says that the whole din of Shaloshinu Hashimam was only before Mount Taira. But once Tara was given, so then Yidim yid, is someone who knows Tara. You can be very connected to Torah. You don't need to have that superficiality, you know, like, all oh, the name, you know. Even without the name, you have the Torah. You have Vardimus, the son of Rabbiosi. All right, says the Gemara, Rabbiosi, who ain't elu nidre yinoy Rabi Rabbiosi said <coughs> that bathing is not an issue of affliction, right? Rabbiosi was saying that a husband cannot annul the wife, the wife's nether, when she said, I'm not going to abstain, um, I'm, I'm not going to have the pleasure of bathing. The husband can, can't be made for al nidre yinoy nevesh. So, the question is Is it at least under the nether? So, again, remember there's two categories of Dharma you can be married. But we saw in the beginning of the paragraph, there's a sharp distinction in the afara and ino and afash and the afara of beino and the is effective only as long as it impacts him. So, that means while they're married, even after the divorce, before she moves on and marries somebody else. But once she marries somebody else, another is effective. Enoi Nefesh, when the husband's made for, he's made for forever. It just goes away for, for, for good. So Rabiosi clearly is saying that not bathing is not, is not affliction. That's not Enoi Nefesh. But the Gemara is wondering, is it pshat? It's not Benul Laveinah either. It doesn't affect, it doesn't create a friction in the relationship and therefore he can't do any hafara? Or is it the pshat that it is Benul Laveinah? It's going to create a friction if she doesn't bathe. It's just not affliction. And then Afqamina is that, that it will not be Hufar forever. Which one is the truth, in Rabbi opinion? So, tashma Am Rabbi Yossi, in Eilu, Nijroi, Einoi The language Rabbi used in our Mishnah is, this is not another nether of affliction. Why didn't he just say, you can't be mefer? The answer is, Al-Zubhash ben because it is, in truth, a matter that will create friction between them. So Rabbi Yossi does agree that there's a afar. he's just saying, the hafar is limited. Says the well, one, that's not a proof. Limbal the the BOC is responding to the Rabbanon within their own opinion. He's saying, Lid if you'd ask me personally, I feel the Ram It's not even a matter that creates friction between them. And therefore there's no hafar whatsoever. But true, even according to you, the in even though you're coming and saying it's self-affliction, you should agree that it's not self-affliction. Meaning he's trying to say, <coughs> I don't understand how you're so extremely on the opposite. You want to tell me it's may all may not, I could hear. It. You're telling me it's ino I don't even know if it's Beno olvena. So that's that might be the reason Rabbi Yossi spoke in those terms. I can't. He's basically his way is his way of saying I can't understand how you got to Enoi enafesh. That's his way of saying. He asked Rabbi Yossi what's his personal shita. <coughs> he would tell you it's not even Beno olvena. So the Quran says since we haven't resolved it, my what is the halacha according to Rabbi Yossi, is there any hafara whatsoever when the woman is, is taking another against the pleasure of bathing? So the Gemara says, it's a dispute. It's a dispute whether you can provoke it or Says the Gemara and the Payal of the base, what's the Svara? So this is an unbelievable Aramaic expression that the fox never dies from the dirt of his own hole. So it's a euphemism. What's the idea? That the, 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 the fox is so aware of his surroundings that he never stumbles over his own dirt. So, so too, when a person constantly lives with something, even if it's horrible, but you get used to it. And when you get used to it, you can live with it. It becomes bearable. So if the wife doesn't bathe, it's possible it's not even bain ol'beinah. That's what the Gemara is saying. Now, there's that, the burden of proof is on that mandammer, we're saying it's not bain no, ol'beinah because I mean, clearly it's not something you, that's, gonna, that's, that's, that's pleasant. So the answer is we're saying <coughs> is that it's possible, you get used to it, it's bearable, just like the fox doesn't die from the dirt of his own hole, nobody's going to die. Um, it's not going to be bain as well. So it's a dispute. Says, like, we have a braisa, <coughs> like Ravada who says that it could be revoked. It is why? The goes through things that the, the dharm that could become revoked. If we're talking about self affliction may for, then he could do it whether it affects the relationship between him and her, or whether it affects her relationship with other people. Meaning, if she's afflicted, she's afflicted, it doesn't matter. If it's something that doesn't involve affliction at all, then, uh, if the nether affects the relationship between him and her, he could revoke it. If it affects the relationship between her and other people, he cannot. So meaning to say, let's say, um, you know, she offers the, um, she something that's, that's relevant only to him, he could. If she offers something that's only relevant to other people, then she cannot, then he cannot. Now, <clears throat> The bride, so now says, said give me an example. Amar konam If She said the fruits are konam to me. So that's affliction. She's offering fruits. He's able to be made for it. doesn't make a difference whose fruits. It's if it's his fruits or the fruits of other people. If it's affecting his relationship or not affecting his relationship. If she's offering certain fruits, so that's going to afflict her. And if it's going to afflict her, then he's going to be able to be made for it. However, konam also osalafi if She said konam whatever the work I would do for, your, for my father is also, or the fi'achicha for the mouth of your brother, the fi'achicha for your father, the fi'afi for the mouth of my brother, is that she has a nether, she's not going to place the straw before the animal or the water before your cattle, In all these scenarios in you can't, you can't revoke it. Why? It's not affliction, and it's not affecting the relationship. Why? Because it's not directly about his relationship. Whether or not she serves his father or her father, it might indirectly be part of their relationship, but it's not a directly a matter of friction between them. So therefore he's not going to be, able to be made for However, if she said, Shalo Echol, I'll quote him that she's not going to put on um, eye, eye, eye paint or, or some sort of makeup. <clears throat> if she makes an she will not have marital relations. No, then he can be made for because that's something that will affect between him and her. She said, Konam, I'm not going to prepare uh, your bed, meaning that she's not going to make up the bed for him. Or mix for him a cup of wine. Or wash his hands, face, or feet. In these cases, you don't have to make for the nether at all. Why? It never takes place because those are things that there's actually a woman is mishubad to her husband. Very interesting. When you learn tsubas, there are certain uh, duties that that exist in the relationship, like." Um, obligations that are on the husband, obligations are on the wife. So a husband, for example, has to support his wife. His wife is obligated to, to make some drinks, to set his bed, fascinating stuff back in the olden times. So in, if she makes a nadir that she's not going to do what she's obligated to do, which in the shibudim of the marriage she agreed to do, so then she doesn't have to be made for it all. It's not, it's not binding. It's simply not binding. What do you, what do you need to revoke? So bottom line is, before we get to, back to our proof I mean, how, and, and our question here, if according to Rabbi Yossi, When a woman makes a wet another to abstain from bathing, if the husband can be made for at least, let's just summarize what we have so far in the brides. The brides are saying we have a few categories. When it's inoy nefesh, like she's not going to eat fruits, it doesn't make a difference if it affects him or not. She's not going to eat his fruits, she's not going to eat somebody else's fruits. If she's not going to eat fruits, that she's afflicted, and when she's afflicted, he can be made for it. Pasha. When it's something that's not inoy nefesh, he can only be made for if it affects him. So let's say, you know, she makes a nether, she's not gonna serve his father or her father, yeah, so then that's something he can't be made for at all. But when it's something like she's not going to have relations with him, she's not gonna apply makeup, those types of things, so that creates friction in the relationship and he can be made for If she makes a there against something that she's mashuba to do for him, like making up his bed, and mixing him a cup of wine, then there's no need for him to revoke because simply the nether never took, never took effect. Omer Gamliel, Gamliel says on this last point, even where she took a nether on something that she's obligated to do, the husband still should revoke the vow. Shinemar it says in the pasuk, lo yachel el he, he shouldn't, that's to create his word. So what are we trying to say? There's a fascinating drasha here. What's the drasha? Even though the nether is nachal, but if you look at the Pasuk, the Pasuk doesn't only say, don't be mechal your neder, it says even a word, even a dover, even a like even something you would say. The implication is that there's a type of a very interesting concept, something where a neder is not chal, but don't, don't assume it's meaningless unless you're for it first. So the Rana has a dispute whether this is the or the Ravana, but it's referring to such a case. You took a neder on something that you can't, right? You're taking a neder to uproot a Sheba that you have. So the neder is not really chal, you're not going to get lashes for the but we're saying that lo even where it's just a davar, even where it's just a word, you should get it revoked. Davar interpretation: Even so if you're a rabbi, you can't be matar your own darm. even though a rabbi can be matar somebody else's natur, but not your own words. Lo yachel So the rabbi has to go to another rabbi to get our tars nedarim. Okay, a different drasha. Alkupanim. so now we get to what we wanted. Who is the opinion? These things that we mentioned, konam that you're not going to paint the eyes or apply the makeup, who's the one who holds that that's that's Rabiosi. Why? According to the Rabbanan, what did we learn in the Mishnah? If a woman says, I'm not going to have any pleasure from applying makeup, that's affliction. So according to, according to them, you could, be, you could be made for the neder when she's not going to apply makeup and will be gone forever. This Bryce clearly said, that He's only made for Alzheimer's, and it's only as long as she's with him. So, who's who's the one talking in the price? Clearly, the price was Reb Yossi. Clearly, we see that it's at least Bein Alveinah. Meaning, the price was saying that makeup is not Enoine Ephesh, but you're made for Alzheimer's, so that must be Reb Yossi. In our mission, of the Rabbanon said not applying makeup is Enoine Ephesh. Elamai, the price is so Reb, Yossi. Said, is so Reb Yossi. You see, in Reb Yossi, he's just saying it's not Enoine but he agrees. <clears throat> that it is benolvena. The same thing with the bathing. When Rabbi Yossi said that abstaining from bathing is not inor it doesn't mean you can't be made for at all. It just means you can't be made for as But in Nachanami, you're allowed to be made for as Okay, continues the Gemara a little bit here. Amar Shamish A woman who said that she's not going to have marital relations, he could revoke the neder. Why? Because it affects him. It's a tension in the relationship. What's the scenario? What was the neder? If she said, (coughs) the pleasure of having Bia with me is also upon you, so she's offering the pleasure on her husband, why would he have to revoke it? I'm a Shabbat She has a Sheba to him to have relations with him. Remember, what did we see? If she made a nether that she's not going to make up his bed or serve him his drinks, the nether doesn't take effect because there's a Sheba for that. So if there's a Sheba that the wife has to have relations with the husband, that's just what being in a relationship, an intimate relationship means. So then when she answers the pleasure from the Bia on him, she's asking something that she can't offer, right? She can't restrict that on her husband. It's not, it's, it's something that she's, she is a she's obligated to give to him. So why is that taking effect? Why does he need to revoke it? Says the Gemara. She's answering the pleasure that she would get on herself. So this is very subtle. She has to have relations, but it's not included in her Sheba that she has to get pleasure. Now, obviously it's a paradox. If she does it, she's going to have pleasure. But if I word it in a way, this is where it's fascinating, if I get to the nether from an angle that the sheba is not on, then the, 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 the nether has an opening to take effect and then it could uproot the sheba. it undermines the sheba. So meaning if I say, if I say the pleasure that you would have is usher on you, so she's ushering herself from giving him the pleasure, so that's against her shibut, that's goof for the din. The din of her sheba is to give him the pleasure, therefore the nether is not gonna take effect. But if she ossers the pleasure she would get upon herself, so that's not what directly the she is on. It just ends up being practically impossible. Well then the Nether takes effect. And the Gemara shows us this. The <speaking in Hebrew> If the woman told her husband, the pleasure of my be us, also on you. Go from Shamsha. So he forces her, ignore the vow and have biya. It's not taking effect. You can't offer yourself from giving the pleasure to me. But if she says to him, the pleasure of your biya is aser upon me, then Yoffer, he must revoke the nether she'in. There's an idea we don't feed a person something forbidden to him. So meaning, once she asered to herself, the pleasure, so now, it mimela undermines the sheba, and that's fine. It undermines the ability to do the, to do the act of biya because it would end up that it would be like feeding a person something that's forbidden because if she does the biya, she's going to get pleasure and therefore she'd have the right not to have the biya. So you can undercut the she-bud. You can't conflict the shebud. You can't argue on it. Hey, you can't say I'm not going to give you the bia. You have the Sheba to give him the bia. But if you're assuring on yourself the pleasure you would get from the Biyah, then that would be the nether would be chal, and that's what we're saying. But but he would still have the ability to revoke it, and his ability to be to revoke it would come off of what? Because it's devarim shebeino levena. Now the gemara continues with one more thing. This is the main source, by the way. You never hear this idea of minhogim? Right? Parak, the fourth parak in, in Psachim shows us if you learn it properly. And is not a joke. It's not like, oh, the you know, local custom here, a family custom. Okay, you know, uh, it's not halacha. Show it to me where it says in the Torah. It's ma'amish binding. If a person goes to a place where there's a, a, a minog, it's ma'amish yimuchuiv. You know, it's different examples So just trip people up. You know, sometimes you go to a place and, and, and you don't say baruch hashem la'aylam amin ba'mariv and you go to a place where the minog is that they do. You like, okay, I don't do that. It's ma'amish too. Becomes a chiyav, the types of things, or you know, I by seder night. It's a different minhagim. Some, right? Some people say in a shul, some people don't. You're in a shul that does it. You have no right not to say it. Well, what is that? You didn't grow up. It's not, not, not my thing. Where's the source? How do we know this musik, this concept of where these minhagim come from? That minhagim are binding. So the gemara says, "Montano Tanu." Who is the who is the tano? Says this by Something which is mutter. but other people are strict and they treat it when it's osur, even though it is not. Rash, lino, hater, kidei, You're not allowed. In the presence of the people who have the minnow glass sir, you're not allowed to be lenient and go hadin where there's mutter. You're not allowed to. why not? Where does that come from, right? It's mutter. Because Yen has a chumrah. I can't do different. It says in the Pasuk, Lo So what are we trying to say? That when there's a group of people who have a minog, so it's not, it's not necessarily, you know, it's not a uh, it's not a neder. We're not going to say it's a neder, but it's a devaro. It's the same diak of what we said before. Leiachel devaro means, even when the, it's not betayras neder, but there's just stamadibor that's emphasizing something. But you're not allowed to be mechalet, you're not allowed to profane, you're not allowed to treat it lightly. So it's referencing this idea that a minog becomes binding. Leiachel devaro. The other interpretation is, like we mentioned, that a rabbi can't denote his own vows, he's got to go to different rabbis. So Mani, whose opinion is Surprise or reflecting Why, just as we saw before in Ragamlih, a from Layakul Devaro, that even if the nether is not binding, but Layakhul Devaro, still there needs far as and darim. So too here, he's making these draushs, all these other interpretations from Dvaro. The Ran seems to learn that all of it is Maduraban. That's the Ran's understanding. Or making all of these things and painting them on the word of Davar. But there's a concept here that's from that word that didn't say Loyakal Nidroi. It says Laakhil Dvaro, and we're including all of these other uh, all these other points here in that word of davar.